Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to episode 24 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. I had a completely different episode planned to go live this week, but I had to move it back because this conversation was really heavy on my feed these past couple of weeks, and I really could not not address it. There's a big theme that keeps reoccurring on my teacher's social media feed, but also in my personal life as well. And when there's a theme that keeps popping up, I know I've got to talk about it. It's almost like a hunch or a feeling that this is definitely something that I need to get out into the world. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about teacher perfectionism. And I want to warn you that this could trigger you to recognize something about yourself and This is absolutely my hope in bringing up this topic. But if you're not ready to have your eyes opened, maybe just save this one for later. Like go back, listen to another pep talk, maybe episode 10. But I really want to reinforce how avoiding perfectionism can really help save your career. So I'm going to bring up how this theme keeps showing up, one, on my feed by sharing with you a post I saw recently, two, my experience and how I've seen it show up in my personal life, and perhaps you'll have an aha moment if this is you too, and then talk about how we can start turning these perfectionistic tendencies around and then bring you that motivation to start making the change now so you can save your career. So let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. So before we dive into the meat and potatoes about how this episode is really going to fully support you, I need to kind of bring up what really inspired me to create this episode and open up the discussion about this topic. So recently I was scrolling along as I do every so often, okay, maybe more times than I'd like to admit, and I came across this story that just had me all in my feels. I follow a very popular teacher creator on Instagram who recently posted very transparently about her struggles with her current teaching position. One main thing she talked about was having to be at her place of work two hours before her contract time started. When I saw that, I was like, whoa, what? 
And I tried to open up a conversation with her to see if she would mind chatting with me about why she felt the need to be there so early. However, she got swamped with lots of messages about how transparent she was. And because I didn't get her permission to share her true perspective, I'll have to be somewhat vague about the post that I saw because I can't give her direct credit with her permission. But basically, she shared that she was coming into work two hours before contract hours just to get the things done that needed to be done. And she went on to explain that this is not sustainable. No one can keep doing this until retirement age. And following her post, she had so many screenshotted messages shared in her stories from other teachers who A, didn't understand it, B, understood it, but no longer accepted that mindset, or C, were so validated in their feelings of requirement to be there before their contract hours. So I want to say this really quick. What she did with her platform is so powerful. Although she is definitely... (laughs) in my opinion, overextending herself and in need of some additional boundary work, she used her large following and platform to bring awareness to something that's plaguing so many teachers who have or will ultimately leave the classroom. Because what she said is absolutely true. Coming in two hours before your contracted time, taking work home to do for hours over the weekend, those are absolutely unsustainable practices if you want to remain a teacher long term. It seems like after reviewing a lot of the messages that the majority of the teachers were lower elementary teachers, but absolutely could be said from special education teachers or other teachers who just have a lot on their plates. And I want to be real. Like, I've been there. I've done that. But I didn't last very long on that train. And maybe you've never considered this, but these are expectations that are set on you by you not by your administrators. I can't say that any administrator has said, you have to be at work two hours early. Certainly, like I'm sure there's someone who's experienced that, and I hope you used your voice to express and set the boundary to show up and explain how you're not required to do that consistently per your contract. But these types of unrealistic expectations that we're setting on ourselves can often be due to perfectionistic or people-pleasing tendencies. And I want you to know that perfectionism and people-pleasing have also been themes showing up in my personal life as well as being like a recovering perfectionist myself. My eight-year-old daughter is also struggling with this idea. And because themes reoccur in our lives, They can show up not only in teaching, but in our personal lives as well, because we as teachers are also humans. A few years back, like I was one of those people. I can remember thinking at one point in time that if I didn't have everything together in my life, then something must be wrong with me. And if you can't already tell, because I'm a special education teacher, a mom slash bonus mama five, a podcaster, a consultant, a business owner, a product and content creator, like I'm very ambitious. And I love that about myself. I've always been that way. I've always been, for a lack of better words, like a quote unquote high achiever. But before I was truly self-aware, which I think is a huge piece of how we show up and how we can really recognize like our root issues, I thought I had to do it all perfectly. That's unrealistic. Sometimes I'm going to slack on some things. I'm going to drop a few balls, which I talked about in episode 10. So yeah, go back and listen to that after this. But I'm human. I used to think I had to be superhuman. I had to do and be more. And if I didn't, that it meant that I wasn't productive or I was lazy. And those are definitely ideas or limiting beliefs that I have since retired. 
honestly, I don't even know where those ideas came from. Like, I don't feel these beliefs were ingrained from my parents, my teachers, but perhaps maybe from society. We can't always directly determine a cause for a belief system that impacts us like that. Think about what I just said. If I didn't, it would mean I was unproductive or I was lazy. Did I think that? Not necessarily, but other people might. So the truth was, I was afraid of other people seeing me as unproductive or lazy, when in reality, it was that I was productive and I need rest. It wasn't like one or the other. Maybe you feel like you're doing too much. You recognize that you're uncomfortable coming into work two hours early, yet you do it because you feel like you have to, or you're feeling physically ill with all that you're doing in your career, but somehow it seems like the only option or else. Or else what? What's going to happen? You won't be the best teacher you can be? Yes, teaching is difficult. Yes, it comes with some really unrealistic expectations from other people. But when we're putting these on ourselves, this could be perfectionism or people-pleasing that's showing up very strongly in our lives. For just a quick minute, I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that work-life balance does not have to be difficult. Anytime I talk about this, teachers flood my comments and my DMs to tell me that they want to find that balance so they can enjoy their career long-term and live a life outside of their profession, but they don't know where to start. They don't have the time or the resources to really get a grip on family, life, and professional duties, and they just feel overwhelmed by all the things we have to do as educators. I get it. I really do. And so do so many other educators, which is why auditing your work-life balance is really the key to figuring it all out. If you can totally relate to this, I want to invite you to check out my free 10-minute Audit Your Work-Life Balance workshop, which is a practical approach to examining energizing and energy-draining teacher tasks. After working through three simple steps in your free auditing guide, you'll have a clear view of what stays and what goes, leaving room for living your authentic life and setting boundaries that serve you and your students while combating teacher burnout. Did I mention you get a free workbook? Because it's pretty awesome. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash audit or grab the link in the episode description for more information. Back to the episode. So let's talk about teacher perfectionism specifically. There are some real dangers to teacher perfectionism. And Brene Brown, who's a research professor you may have heard of, who spent decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, on Oprah's life class, she explained the danger of the quest for perfectionism in plain language. When perfectionism is driving, shame is always riding shotgun, and fear is the annoying backseat driver. We struggle for perfectionism in areas where we feel most vulnerable to shame. So there's a difference between striving and perfectionism. Healthy striving is internally focused. Like it's, I want to do this. I want to be the best I can be. But perfectionism is not about what I want. Perfection is actually what will people think? And you can't ever do anything brave if you're wearing the straitjacket of what people are going to think. You see, because when you're a perfectionist, you may be denying yourself the joy of actually completing a difficult task or making progress. So if you're not sure, here are a few signs that you might be a teacher perfectionist. This is not an all-inclusive list, but just some ideas. Not being able to perform a task unless you know that you can do it perfectly. You might view the end product as the most important part of any undertaking, and as a result, you may focus less on the process of learning or completing a task to the best of your ability. You may not see a task as finished until the result is perfect according to your standards. 
You also may procrastinate. People with perfectionism may not want to begin a task until they know they can do it perfectly. And I actually am posting a TikTok on this. So I'll drop that in the show notes for you to save and watch when you need some reminding that you're not actually a procrastinator. Or you might take an excessive amount of time to complete a task that doesn't really typically take people long to complete. And the last is that these ideas are in black or white. Either you're good or you're not, instead of recognizing that our progress is on a continuum and it's one of the major indicators of perfectionism. So do any of those things sound familiar to you? Okay, so you're still here. All right. So perhaps you're noticing these things about yourself and you're ready to start recovering from that. Here's just some four simple ways to begin recovering from perfectionism. Number one, you want to find a mantra. So in Psychology Today, licensed social worker Kristen Lee suggested some mantras that can help teachers get a handle on perfectionism to avoid spiraling those irrational thoughts and behaviors. These include reminding yourself that being perfect isn't the key to social acceptance and perfect is not sustainable. Remember that. Instead, she's suggesting rethinking perfectionism and striving for what positive psychologists call the good life, those connections, the value, the alignment, the greater presence with ourselves and one another. These are all things that I teach about in the Individualized Educare Program, where we actually evaluate using evidence-based skills and assessments to create the most individualized resilience plan for you. The real key is to take time to sit down and recognize and appreciate the connections that you have and remember the value you provide for your students and consider a mantra that's really going to support you in rewiring that perfectionism roadmap to a more realistic one. Number two is to be self-aware. Another part of what I teach in evaluating is the component of how self-evaluation is helpful for becoming more self-aware and self-awareness is really the kryptonite for perfectionism. If you think about the last time you attempted perfectionism and then examine the negative impacts from that experience, you're more likely to be happy with just doing good enough actions that can just simply take you from point A to point C without that stress. And I talked about this before, but just this past school year, like I was going to coach the cheerleading squad at school. I thought that it would help me connect to my students and others outside of the classroom and give me an opportunity to make an impact in the school environment outside of my normal classroom. But because I didn't consider my family life, my actual children's activities, schedules changing, my husband getting a promotion, I quickly realized that my goal was really just too lofty. And while the idea was aligned to my unique goals and values, the additional work outside of that was not aligning to me specifically. So meeting students and making an impact on them in my actual classroom is actually good enough. Number three is to cultivate authenticity. And some people proudly proclaim their perfectionism, but Dr. Brown cautions that this is not really a positive trait. Perfectionists are ultimately afraid that the world's going to see them for who they really are and they're not going to measure up. So I'm obviously a huge proponent for authenticity and individuality, and that's why I discuss the self-awareness and the assessment necessary to develop authentic boundaries and an individualized resilience plan. But instead, Dr. Brown says, be authentic and true to yourself. She reminds us that authenticity is a practice. Like we have to choose that every day. So sometimes even every hour. In order to be authentic, we must be willing to let go of what other people think of us. One of my colleagues, for example, felt enormous pressure to become an administrator. After 
a year doing that, he knew that he really made a terrible mistake and he recognized he wasn't being his authentic self. It took courage for him to let other people know, hey, I made a mistake, but he is much happier just being back in the classroom. And number four, we have to understand that failure can provide its own lessons. I can remember when my district had me teach virtually for the school year two years ago, and I was expected to teach modified curriculum and resource, which are normally like two separate positions. And this was a whole new world for me, but I really wanted to do my best. Never having teached modified curriculum and having to do it virtually was a challenge. And one day I came up with this super engaging lesson. It had moving pieces. It was interactive. I was stoked about it. And I really put a lot of effort into that lesson. But when it finally came down to actually facilitating the lesson, the students just didn't have the technology skills necessary to complete this really cool activity. They didn't know how to get to the link. They didn't know where to go from one section to another. One of the students clicked out midway through the process and couldn't log back in. And to anyone on the outside, this lesson was a disaster. But I did something that was completely new to me. My students were completely new to this world of education. And even though the lesson didn't go as smoothly as I'd hoped, it was still a journey that I took on something I was completely uncomfortable with. I learned what my students could and could not do independently. And I walked away from that lesson and that day with the knowledge that there needed to be better guidance and teach specific tech skills prior to undertaking a lesson like that. My students and I learned a lot together that day, and they actually thought it was really cool that I created the lesson by myself. Learning is not perfection. It's growth. Our students are not expecting a perfect teacher. Perfectionism is something that we are putting on ourselves, and more than likely, we've done it our whole lives subconsciously or even as a trauma response. Here's the thing. We can't keep giving our all to meet unrealistic expectations we set on ourselves. We can't keep trying to prove ourselves to whoever, because in the end, that's robbing us of the joy and fulfillment that we want. And for that teacher that's like, I know that if I don't do it perfectly, then someone's going to judge me. Teacher friend, Stop worrying about what he or she thinks. You setting boundaries, you refusing to do all of those things like show up two hours before and do the best that we can with what is provided to us is paving the way for the future of teachers. We cannot make a change if we keep succumbing to these expectations. Oh, Sally next door is going to think that I don't care about my students or Principal John is going to see that I'm not doing what I once was. Good. Be that inspiration for those teachers and that principal to realize that teachers shouldn't have to wake up super early to get to school and prep. Teachers shouldn't have to take all of this work home. You're not caring less about the students. You're prioritizing your mental health so that you can maintain your career. So you can do this until retirement if that's what you want to do. Being a perfectionist is not always maladaptive, but if you find yourself overextending yourself by working early or late hours, like the teacher I talked about in the beginning, taking ridiculous amounts of work home, we have to start pushing back and simplifying our processes so that we can make bigger impacts. We have to let go of those maladaptive, perfectionistic ways of thinking so that we can sustain our careers doing what we love for the long haul. I know you want to do it all, but let's be realistic. You just can't. No one can. Your perfectionism, while it seems like it's motivating you, is really negatively impacting you and putting you on the fast track to burnout. 
recognizing perfectionism and people-pleasing tendencies can really be tough to see in the mirror and even harder to change these behaviors that we have that keep this cycle of perfectionism spinning. But really taking the time to become self-aware, remaining true to ourselves as a person and not just as a teacher, creating an authentic mantra or developing an authentic resilience plan like I coach you to do in the Individualized Educare Program, and truly taking the steps to start crushing these beliefs that are holding us back is really the key. So here are some mantras or reminders that you can take into the next week to combat that perfectionism or at least keep it in check. Number one, be the best version of yourself for as many days as you can. You are not expected to be at 100 every day. Just be vigilant and responsive to as many kids as possible. And number two, go ahead and accept you're not going to reach every child every day, but know that if you miss one today, you can start with them tomorrow. Number three, every day is a new day. Don't allow yourself to carry that baggage from the previous day. It's a beautiful thing in education to be able to start from scratch repeatedly. Number four, allow your humanness to show through. It is okay to not be perfect, and it's even better to share that reality with your students, your teachers, your colleagues, your administrators, and make mistakes. Make lots of them. Be transparent about making them to your colleagues and to your students and your administrators so you can problem solve together. Start normalizing the fact that teachers are humans so that we can start breaking that mold of the perfect teacher because the perfect teacher just doesn't exist. We want to work smarter, not harder. Wherever you can, put those students in charge of their own learning. Don't hesitate. Just put it in their hands and help them in class. Start utilizing technology and tools to simplify your process. And if you need more help on how to do this, I will add those links in the show notes as well. Creating an individual plan is the absolute best way to ensure that you're prioritizing yourself and your mental health. Honestly, it doesn't matter how many self-care activities you have on that list to do. If you feel overwhelmed looking at it or you don't even know what best fits your personality or your strengths and your weaknesses to actually create a change in regulating your nervous system and feeling more fulfilled in your career and life. Not individualizing what you do and having a clear plan in place for what to do when unexpected stressors arise is really not going to help prevent or recover from burnout. And even then, your plan is not going to do the work for you. Most importantly, you need to find the strategies that work specifically for you. And once you do, you need the accountability to stay consistent. The true path to teacher resilience and making teaching sustainable is in getting that support and accountability like you'll find in the Individualized Educare Program. What's even better about investing in yourself going through programs like the Individualized Educare Program is that you won't just have me as a coach to lean on. You'll also be able to connect and lean on other educators that are on the same journey as you are towards prioritizing their mental health, their passion for education, and emphasizing that work-life balance. You can learn more in the link in the show notes or go straight to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash individualized educare program. And you're going to want to get on the wait list for the special coupons and promos before the doors officially open for the last time this year. Remember, your authenticity, your realness, your humanness needs to show through. You don't need to be that perfect teacher. It's okay to let a few balls drop so that you can prioritize your well-being. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.